Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday, dear podcast. Happy birthday to us. We are now five years old. It's time for us to start school. Well, not necessarily. You don't have to start school in this country until the age of six. And as someone who is a trained primary school teacher, I endorse that particular practice. Okay, well, I mean, we still should be thinking about what sort of school to send our podcast to. Something sort of a state school? Well, maybe? obviously, we don't want to raise a libertarian podcast. Yeah, some more sort of, sort of inner city? Well, we do want the podcast to mingle with a diverse set of other podcasts. Yes, we want our podcast to have friends. Just like us. Well, like we used to. So alone. So lonely. I need a hug. Me too. Me too. Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, brought to you today by Josh Addison and Dr. M. Denton. Hello and welcome to the Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy. Uh, I am Josh Addison, sitting next to me, Dr. M. R. X. Dentith. Uh, five years. Five glorious years. Mm. Technically it was, it was five years like two weeks ago when we had the pre-recorded news article episodes going, which was just an unfortunate... Coincidence. To quote Douglas Adams, time is an illusion, podcast time doubly so. Something like that, yes. Um, now, I'd like to say it's because of our five-year anniversary that we're considering a new format for the podcast, but it was but kind of coincidence. It's yeah, ap- absolute lie. just absolute happened to think of it at the same time. Nevertheless, we are thinking of a slight mix-up to the formatting here. We are. We are going to change the way the news works. It's a new news paradigm for a new... Podcast of the year. So yeah, the idea is we are only going to be doing news updates now once a month. So you're going to get three weeks of content and then a laid-back discussion of the news. Mm. Going to mix things up a bit. Yes. So if you don't like the news bits and always skip through them to get to the main body of the episode, then you'll like three episodes out of four a month and you can just skip the news one. And if you really like the news ones, then maybe you can skip the other three and just get your news fix once a month. Although Straight course, into your veins. Patrons are going to find out about the news more frequently because we will still be talking about news recent items events and mm. recent events to our patrons every week. Every week. So they either suffer or get the glory of news on a weekly basis. Mm. Lucky slash poor them. Yes. So with that in mind, of course, the, 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 one of the implications of that is that episodes are probably going to be a bit shorter, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, the, the, yeah the I think so. It seems to be the way of podcasts. Lengths just creep up and up and up. So I mean, we've tried for years to try to get this to be a half-hour podcast, and, it, that, and it, it's never it worked. worked for, it worked for a while. I think our very first episodes came in at under half an hour. And then about in year three, we managed to do a, a bit of half-hour episoding for a while. Mm. I mean, in part, it's because we have absolutely no timing devices. We are modern people with a lot of technological support and yet we've never actually set up a kind of timer to work out how long the podcast is running it would be mm. really really easy to do but we're but very we just lazy just yeah. very very lazy yeah. nevertheless uh so that means that th- uh today's topic which is a fine and interesting topic i think you'll agree uh is, is all that we're going to be talking about this week um so maybe we should get into that right now indeed let's not go to the news mm. 
So this episode, we take you through time, back to the year 1980, Checks Notes 6. And to the exotic locale of Stockholm, Sweden. Sweden. Yes, because this week we're going to be talking about the murder of the Swedish president, Ulf Palmer. Um, who I, I hadn't actually heard of this before. So I know the story from the 14 Times. So ah. there's a scholar who writes for the 14 Times, Jan Bodenstam, I th- although it may, it may be Bonston, and he's written quite a lot on the assassination or murder, depending on how you want to pass this, mm-hmm. of Olaf Palmer. And so yeah, I've kind of always been aware of the kind of conspiracy theories that circle around the death of a Swedish prime minister. An unsolved case. Mm. Possibly the biggest police investigation in all human history. Quite possibly. In yes. that the Swedes actually changed their law to remove the statute of limitations around this particular case so they can continue investigating it to this present day. Mm-hmm. As of 2016, they had produced 700,000 pages of investigative notes and the cost of the investigation currently is about 350 Swedish kroner, which is something like 61 million US dollars or something mm, of that something like that. Yeah. It's a, a vast investigation, it's been going on for a while and they still don't know who killed their prime minister. Mm. Now, yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, my wife asked me, so what are you going to be talking about this week? And I said, oh, the, 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 murder, the, the Swedish Prime Minister was assassinated in 1984, apparently. And she's like, oh, right, they never found the guy, did they? So she's less ignorant than I am. Uh, and and I, it, it does seem strange they hadn't heard of this, because it is um, the assassination of a, of a head of state. Um, it, it, it's the European JFK, basically. Yeah, basically. Um, Ulf Palmer was a... Uh, very popular if you were on the left and very unpopular if you're on the right prime minister. He was, you know, very uh, inspired strong feelings either way. Um, so, I mean, the facts of the facts of it are that uh, he was walking home from the movies late at night in February of 1986 on the streets of Stockholm, Sweden. Somebody walked up behind him, shot him at point-blank range, fired a shot at his wife, Lisbeth Palmer, uh, but missed her, I believe, and then ran and uh, was never seen again. Um, and over the years, there have been numerous theories about who, who it was and why and how and what have you, which and we'll be getting into. And numerous investigations as well. Numerous investigations, and yet, as of today, uh, nobody actually knows who did it. They do not. No. Probably should have should, should have waited until you'd finished your mouthful of... <laughs> no, or you should have shocked looking. me so I spat Actually, yeah, I should have said out. something a bit it's more an, surprising. And I know who killed him. Mm. Bum, bum, bum. But yes, so unlike um, the JFK case, where they came up with a culprit fairly quickly, whether or not you agree with, with the official theory, um, and life moved on, it's this, this is sort of an obsession to this very day. And while there have been numerous police investigations, of course, there have also been numerous amateur, civilian, I suppose you'd say, investigations, um, which have led to a number of theories. And also political scandals. Mm. But we'll get into that in just a minute. Let's talk about... The person who was initially arrested for the murder. Uh, this would be uh, Victor Gunnison. That's no, the one. Yes, Victor Gunnison. Yeah. There, there are so many. Um, so yeah, straight away. Actually, was he the? F- he it was. It was him, and then it was the PPK investigation, wasn't it? Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. So Victor Gunnison. Um, he was arrested for the murder. 
basically because of who he had ties to. Really. I don't, I'm not aware of there being any... Well, he was basically a usual suspect. Mm, so yeah. he was an extreme right-winger with professed... Professed? Mm. Professed? Uh, professed antipathy towards Olaf Palmer. When they arrested him, they found a lot of pamphlets against the Swedish, uh, the, the Social Democrats and Palmer in his flat. And so he was basically the most likely suspect because mm. he was the most notable hater of the Prime Minister at the time. Yes, now, of course, uh, we, we should, as I said, um, Olaf Palm, very sort of polarising figure. Um, he, he had led the Swedish Social Democratic Party from 1969 until he died in, in 86. He'd been Prime Minister from 69 to 72, and then when the Social Democratic Party got back in in 82, he was the Prime Minister from then until his death. He was very outspoken on all the issues of the day uh, in, from, from a very left-wing perspective. So and also was, a bit of a TV celebrity mm, as well. He was, yeah, he was kind of Sweden's first political celebrity. He was our, he was there Jacinda, I guess. He, yeah. was the, he was there JFK, yeah. really, right down to the assassination. Um, so because of his, his his fairly, you know, outspoken stances, he was anti-Vietnam War, very strongly anti-apartheid. We'll see more of that later. Um, so all the all the polarising issues of the day, he was very firmly on the left side of them, which meant people on the right, lots of people on the right, really, really didn't like him. So no, it's probably, they did not. So it's not surprising that you could find uh, one person... Uh, with with very strong anti-Palmer views, you're sure you probably could have found quite a few. Um, so after, yeah, they, they picked up Victor Gunnarsson for being one of the usual suspects, uh, but nothing became of that because there was basically no evidence at all. Yes, I mean, it was all um, circumstantial. You don't like the Prime mm. Minister, do you? No, I do not. The Prime Minister is dead. Good. Well, ipso facto, you must have mm. killed him. And the prosecutors went, there isn't actually enough of a case here. Just because someone hates the Prime Minister doesn't necessarily mean they go around shooting them. No. I mean, so, sometimes. Sometimes it, happens, it does, yeah. But sometimes it also doesn't. So the first, the first big investigation was done by a man called Hans Holmer, who was chief of the Swedish National Security Service. Or SAPO. Or SAPO, yes. With umlauts over the A. Uh, so he... He went straight for the Kurdistan Workers' Party, otherwise known as the PPK. Um, and again, this was kind of a case of, 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 a, of a usual suspect sort of thing. As far as I could tell, there was no evidence against them initially. Um, and yet he was convinced they were the ones responsible and spent over a year looking for evidence that they were responsible. Uh, and never really found any. There were raids, there were arrests and so on, but nothing ever turned up any evidence linking PPK to the assassination. And it seemed that it really was a case that Holmer, who was a member of the party, so he was a social democrat, was convinced that the murder had to have been committed by a foreign power rather than it being a case of a domestic act of terror. So he refused to even look into the possibility that it was someone who was Swedish who had committed the murder, he immediately went for Kurdistanis as kind of the other in Stockholm at the time. Mm. So he was very politically motivated to avoid any investigation into a Swedish connection because he was convinced it had to come from outside the system. Mm. 
Um, and so after a year, and well, after more than a year, and nothing happening, he basically he he was he was kind of in disgrace at this point. The papers and everything were against him. Well, I mean, he caused issues. So he claimed that Palmer had been shot with a Smith and Wesson point three five seven for no particularly good reason, but because mm. he kept on insisting this was the murder weapon that was used, and even brandished a replica of the gun at a press conference this focused police attention on this particular weapon which then meant that other investigations actually weren't undertaken mm. so after he was booted off I mean, then there were investigations of his investigation m multiple investigations of his investigation he would then go on to be involved in in, in other scandals and um, one which relates to the investigation mm, yeah, of because he, Palmer. he he sort of privately on, on, on his own steam, continued investigation, investigating the PPK um, angle and ended up getting done. What was he doing? Was he, he was importing listening devices or placing them? He was... One of the two. One of the two. But yeah, he got involved in what's called the Ebb Carlson affair, which was a major scandal in Sweden in the late 80s, where it turned out that Ebb Carlson, a journalist, publisher, and former secretary of the Swedish government, was carrying out an independent and illegal investigation into the assassination of Palmer, which was secretly supported by the then Minister for Justice, Anna Leisure. Yeah, so the, the whole thing was embarrassing j just for the government all round. It sort of showed up a real uh, old boys network kind of thing, um, and he was there in the middle of it. So Ebbe Carlson had also concluded that Olaf Palm had been assassinated by the PKK. Um, he thought that the Secret Service, the SAPO, uh, could have prevented the murder by uh, wiretap by tapping their phones um, and. What did he, Vero, checking the notes? He argued that PKK had been ordered to assassinate Palmer by the Iranian government at a meeting at Damascus. So then the Iranians come into it as well. But again, just more, more, more trying to make the evidence fit a theory. And I mean, at least with the Ebb Carlson affair, we kind of had a rationale as to why the assassination may have occurred, if you take it the murder was a politically motivated assassination. Because the claim was that in 1985, Palmer had stopped the Iranians from acquiring a Swedish air defense missile system. Uh, and thus the Iranians were annoyed, so they then employed Kurdistanis to then enact revenge upon the Swedes by killing off their prime minister. Mm. And so, yeah, uh, Holmer... Uh, got in trouble for basically breaking the law by trying to set up his own wiretaps and so on um, and, w w during an investigation that was completely unofficial and yeah, off the books. It and was so on. off the books, but being supported by the government mm. in a way which was then embarrassing when it came out. For all concerned. So, so that, that, that was that. Uh, next suspect uh, was a man called um, Christer Peterson. And he was convicted. Mm of the murder after being identified by Lisbeth Palmer. Yep, so in, in 1989, so three years later now, this man was convicted of the murder of Olaf Palmer. Uh, but then his conviction was overturned on appeal. Um, he had, uh, the, the, the prosecution didn't really come up with a motive. Um, they didn't have the murder weapon at all, this 357 or whatever it supposedly was. And the whole reliability of him being picked out of a lineup was brought into question. And I think these days, 
lineups, while they're still used, I believe, are considered to be basically unreliable and a waste of everyone's time. And also we do lineups in a very different way mm. from when we did them in the 80s, because in the 80s you took five people, say, who looked completely unlike each other, and then paraded the eyewitness in front of them and kind of gave them nudges to identify the right person. Well, so now the science of lineups is make everyone look as identical as possible, make sure the eyewitness can't be seen by the suspects, and also randomize it. So in some situations you might do several lineups in a row, and and only one of them will have the suspect in order to make sure that the person is really, really sure the person they're pointing at is the person they thought they saw. Mm. Peterson went on to be, he was a bit of an interesting character. I mean, again, again, he was kind of a kind of a usual suspect as well. He was a known criminal. He was an alcoholic. He was just a, a general bad sort. Um, and, and who sort of fitted nicely for the so so if you know if it was going to be a local and not not some foreign influence at least it was a, a disreputable local yes, it, was, it was a criminal not yes. a, not 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 a decent not, Swede yes. Uh, but no, so his conviction was overturned. Um, he, was he was awarded fifty thousand dollars in yep. compensation. I don't know whether that's fifty thousand US or fifty thousand Swedish kroner. Mm. I'm assuming it must be fifty thousand mm. US. So he and, and he sort of um, then capitalised on his fame slash notoriety by claiming to have killed Olaf Palmer. Yeah, he d he did make claims that he had done it, but it was usually thought that he was just sort of you know trying to get attention, get a bit of money from TV interviews, that sort of thing. I mean, um, to the point where the police went back to the court and said, we want to prosecute this person again, and the Supreme Court went, yeah, the new evidence isn't particularly compelling. It looks like he's just saying things to get attention. So he died in 2004. But on just before or on his deathbed, he contacted the son of Olaf Palmer, Martin, and claimed he had a big story to tell. Mm. And Martin's response was, look, I'm only willing to talk to you if you admit to killing my father. And the meeting did not occur before Peterson's death. Mm. Um, there was a documentary uh, a couple of years later where some of his associates claimed that he had confessed to them that he had killed the Prime Minister, uh, although it was a case of mistaken identity. He, he, he mistook him for a drug dealer who happened to be wearing similar clothing. And um, walked that particular path. And walked at that night. route, yeah. yeah. Um, and so the the whole thing was just just a mistake. Um, and so that I believe was the last sort of court case. Um, but since then, as we say, there have been numerous investigations, both uh, official and unofficial, um, and numerous numerous theories. Now, I mean, it's one of those cases, kind of like the JFK murder, where um, if, if anyone you can name has been blamed for the murder, basically. You'll be able to find a conspiracy theorist who thinks it was lizard people and masons and UFOs and so on. All um, at the same time. All at the same time. But some of the, the more concrete, I suppose, theories uh, are still nevertheless very, very wide-ranging. Um, South Africa comes up a bit. Well, it was a it was an exciting Ooh. time in South Africa. What with apartheid and and all. yes, as we said before, uh, Palmer himself was very vocal, very anti-apartheid. Um, suppose now South Africa apparently had this um, Operation Long Reach, which was supposedly uh, a top secret program to to sort of neutralise opposition to apartheid. 
um, around the world, and the claim was that Palmer's assassination um, was was part of this operation, that he was done in by South African, uh, either by South African agents directly or by people set up by South African yes, agents. people funded by op mm. Operation Longreach. And this was the favoured theory of one Stig Larsson. Yeah, so the author of uh, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo in that series of books was uh, investigating, was planning on writing a book about the Palmer assassination. He was an investigative journalist yep. before he became a novelist. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, he died before he could finish that book. But um, yep, his his theory that he was working on was that the it was an assassination, which was a collaboration between Operation Longreach and local right-wing extremists in Sweden. Um, so that's one. Uh, again, I, I don't know what evidence they're basing it on other than... Um, allegations from, the, 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 in 1996 apparently there was one guy who was a commander um, of, of a South African police hit squad uh, who claimed that they were responsible, but that's the only evidence I've read about for being just the, the word of one person. And of course this is one of the odd things you get with events of this particular type, which is that and you actually see this a lot with J, J, with JFK, people often on their deathbed making a shocking revelation they mm. were involved in the assassination of JFK. And of course the problem is, given the number of shocking revelations about who was involved in the assassination of JFK, either you've got a really over-determined assassination of JFK, where lots and lots of very disparate groups acting independently all got together on one day and accidentally murdered him multiple times, mm. or you have people on their deathbed going, yeah, uh, I've got a theory about something, I'm going to throw a stone in the lake and see what happens. I know when I die, on my deathbed, I'm going to admit to a lot of things I never did. Mm, I think you should. You should kill me now so I can make my deathbed uh, about deathbed assassination. Mm, deathbed See, my, my deathbed assassination is as you kill me, I'll kill you at the same time. Ah, clever, clever. I know, it's very clever. Still revelation, got, deathbed we've, revelation. We've got the rest of the episode to record though, so maybe maybe save it till later. Maybe that can be the bonus content, just our dying gurgles as we Although slowly Josh, I do each want other. to point out. Mm. You're dying right now. Well, yes, we all are. What are my favorite? No, but I mean, you're literally dying right now. Yeah, we all are. We are literally dying one second at a time. Sorry for the bleak nihilist existentialism there, but that, that's the truth. Um, Fine. I actually, uh, in, in looking around, I saw one uh, YouTube video about the South African theory by an author who claimed that... Um, Having published this book, he was visited by had a stranger knock on his door at one point and asked to use the bathroom, and then later this then that that day this author suddenly fell violently ill and went to hospital and claimed to have been poisoned, um, which he reckoned was was because he was telling telling the truth about the South African theory. But the South African theory is not the only theory. No, it's not. Um, There's also the theory that he was murdered over a dodgy arms deal between the Swedish arms firm Bofors and the country of India. Mm. So the story there goes that um, he, he had initially backed the deal but wasn't aware that Bofors had been involved in a bit of dodgy dealing behind the scenes. They'd been paying bribes to someone or other to make the, the, the deal happen. Um, and supposedly just that morning he'd been talking with some ambassador or other um, who revealed to him the dodginess of the deal and so therefore had motive to kill to now kill this deal which he had previously backed. 
Um, so again, this is like, th that's a motive, I suppose, to have him assassinated, but I don't know if the theory goes any further than that. No, as far as I'm aware, the deal never went through, which meant that even if it was the reason for the murder slash assassination, didn't actually, it wasn't particularly effective. No, no. Although that being said, conspiracies don't have to be effective that's to occur. That's true, that's true. Uh, so another theory, he was killed by a Chilean fascist by the name of Roberto Tiem, um, and this fellow would, didn't like the fact that Palma uh, gave asylum to leftist Chileans following the coup in 1973. So again, uh, a, a position that Palma had, had uh, taken a strong stand on, which made him enemies, but again, motive. Not much more than that, as far as I can tell. Some people claim the Yugoslavian Secret Service killed him for reasons. Reasons, yep. Uh, and prop and then, then um, the CIA and Propaganda Due, P2. Ah, yes, P2. We talked about them before. When did we talk about them? Was it Papal Murders? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. yeah. So they're yeah. supposedly involved in, in, in papal deaths. Apparently they've been linked to um, the death of, of the Swedish Prime Minister. Yes, and the rationale behind this is... Um, gets a little complicated quite quickly. So apparently, P2's leader, Lucio Gelli, sent a telegram to one Philip Garano, who now, I have to say, Philip Garano is a former Catholic priest, turned restaurateur in New York, turned Republican. So Lucio sent a telegram to Philip saying, the Swedish tree will be felled, and then Palmer died. Mm. Coincidence? Maybe. Quite possibly. I don't know. It's, yeah, another spooky wooky thing, but because it's Freemasons and, and, and wacky P2 stuff, yeah, um, people, people lapped that up. Now, another, another interesting one. The claim that he was murdered by right-wing extremist police officers in Sweden themselves, and this sort of gets to the the cock-up versus conspiracy thing, because uh, we, we we didn't say initially, but not only was Hans Holmer's investigation um, perhaps not up to snuff. In the immediate hours following um, the, the murder, the, 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 the police, the very initial steps, were not done particularly competently no, as well. No, they but... didn't do a particularly good job of containing the crime scene. I think they made it too small, for one thing. Yeah, which meant that salient evidence was found by the public after the fact, including a bullet casing that was found mm. several days later, yeah. which they went, oh, that's probably one of the casings from the, the bullets bullet. yeah. that uh, shot the Prime Minister. If only we'd made our circle larger. Mm. So yeah, so there was some um, suggestion that well maybe maybe the uh, police investigation wasn't incompetent, but due was to... deliberately mm. designed to make sure the truth wouldn't come out. Yeah, so that was again um, fairly sort of circumstantial. I don't believe they come up with the, the this theory comes up with any evidence beyond the fact that you know the right wing elements of the police didn't like him because right wingers didn't like him, and the investigation wasn't conducted well and then just sort of waggling their eyebrows and saying, join the dots, people. And I mean, there is a particular thing which is always interesting with events of this particular type. So it's actually fairly uncommon for leaders of sovereign states to be murdered. Yes. When it happens, doesn't happen no. often. So you have this kind of weird situation where when an event of this particular kind occurs, people panic because it's a major event and people don't really want to carry the can. For any disaster, which means that often 
things go badly as a kind of matter of fact because people are going, no, no, I, I do not want to be held responsible for this going wrong, so you deal with it, I'll step to one side, which means you end up getting investigations which initially actually might look worse than a standard murder investigation because people are absolutely petrified of making things mm. go afoul. And I believe in, in 2013 there was a series called Death of a Pilgrim, which I assume yes. was your, your uh, Scandinois thriller, so, one of those. I've seen it. Have you? So, yeah, yeah, so I was in Norway and it was New Year's and we were looking for things to watch on Norwegian Netflix, which had English subtitles because Norway, they speak Norwegian there. Mm, it's that. amazing how many local Scandi dramas have no English subtitles on Norwegian Netflix. So we're flicking through trying to find something which I can watch in a family of people that otherwise speak Norwegian. And so we find the series called Death of a Pil Pilgrim, which is a 2013 conspiracy thriller set in Stockholm where a cold case squad reinvestigate the murder of Olaf Palmer and, shockingly enough, solve the crime. Mm. Now, whilst we were watching it, one of the people's going, but they uh, they never did solve mm. that. How were they a case of, no, this is, a, this is a fictional solving of a case of a major event in Swedish history in which people are descendants of Olaf and Lisbeth Palmer who are still alive, and they're going, oh no, no, it was quite definitely corrupt police officers mm. in the Swedish police force. Yes, so in that uh, fictional reenactment, they solved the case. It hasn't happened yet, though. Yeah, it was really weird to watch, because mm. you get into the final episode going, they can't solve the case. I mean, it's an unsolved murder. Mm. You can't suddenly fictionalize a, no, no they're doing it they've, they've they solved the crime did, a, did an inglorious bastards yeah just basically sort of spun off a new 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 history timeline and so then then we come to the last theory in our list which is quite an interesting one this is the claim that he was murdered by a man called stig engstrom um now mr engstrom uh, engstrom there's umlauts over the o uh, he was one of the initial eyewitnesses to the murder. He claims he saw it happen and was, was first on the scene, uh, tried to uh, resuscitate uh, Prime Minister Palmer um, and gave statements to the police. Um, but some people think rather than be... He, he was very much the first on the scene because very he was much. the actual murderer. Yes, I and mean, then he was there before it was a crime scene. Mm. Uh, now again, he, he committed suicide in 2000, so he's not around to be questioned anymore. Uh, but the case against him is basically uh, some pe people who saw the killer running away. Um, I believe where it was, there was, there was like a raised uh, street level or something. So the killer uh, shot, fired off two shots and then immediately shot up, uh, not shots, perhaps the wrong word, ran up a set of stairs um, to an elevated thing and sort of disappeared from sight of anyone who was down on the low level where the street was. Um, the people who saw the fleeing killer reckon that the killer looked a bit like Engstrom. But also noted that they didn't see Engstrom at the scene when he claimed to be there. Mm. As in, when the police turned up, they're going, Engstrom, who claims to have been at the scene informing police officers about things, we don't remember seeing him there, as if maybe he had fled the scene before the police arrived. Mm. So something seems a little... Uh, th there were claims that his testimony was a little bit dodgy. Um, he apparently owned a gun 
he worked just a, a short distance away from where the Palmers uh, had been, been walking. That's why, why he was there at the time. And he was apparently a very, very right-wing and hated Prime Minister Palmer. I think one He also lied about his movements that particular mm. night, which is probably not a wise thing to do during a police investigation of a Swedish Prime Minister. Mm. Um, I think what makes this, this case interesting uh, is that it, it takes the whole idea away of it being some sort of planned assassination to it being a crime of opportunity. He hated this guy, suddenly happened to see an opportunity to kill him and hopefully get away with it and just jumped at the chance. Um, one thing which uh, some people have made much of is the fact that um, Palmer and his wife were walking home from going to the movies. That was that was their, their movements that evening. They'd gone to a film, they were walking home when the, when the shooting happened. Apparently they had only decided to go to the movie at the very last minute. Um, he, from the sounds of things, he, he, he sort of got home from work or whatever, um, and his family was having a conversation about, hey, should we go out, go out to the movies tonight? And then, you know, decided, oh, yeah, yeah let's, why not? Let's go do that. So it's not like... It's not like there was any way people could have really known in advance, unless they were sort of tailing him and staking him out and he was under some sort of heavy surveillance. People couldn't have known that that was where he was going to be that night, so which seemed to sort of lead, lend a little bit of credence towards it being a, a crime of opportunity. Yes, I mean, um, so if it was a premeditated crime, it was a premeditated crime of him being surveilled mm. and looking for an opportunity, as opposed to in this case, which would be going, well, actually he was in the wrong place at the wrong time, and the person who hated him was there with a gun. Mm. So, I mean, it does seem a fear that you'd have to really hate someone to to run out and kill them just because you happen to, to see the chance. Unless, but... um, unless of course... He saw them going to the theatre and went, well, they're going to be there mm. for two and a half hours, so I can just go get my gun. Mm. Even then, killing a prime minister, that's, that's not a small thing for someone to hate the guy that much that he he'll, you know, would run out into the street and shoot him and then assume he could just run off and not Josh, face someone him, today know. set themselves on fire on the White House lawn. People do strange things. Yeah, people do strange things. things. Yeah, now, no, I can't point out, this was investigated at the time by the police, and they didn't see any mm. merit to this particular claim that he was the assassin. No, but it's an interesting theory nonetheless. It is. And it's interesting to see that among all these theories, you have ideas that you know, may, maybe... And in the Peterson case, maybe it was an accident. He, mis he was mistaken for someone else. Maybe it was a crime of opportunity. On the other hand, maybe it was, uh, you know, organised assassination um, carried out by um, members of a foreign state. You know, there, there's a whole range of conspiracies there. I guess the question, uh, the only question that remains is, why are we talking about this thing now when it happened 30 years ago? New evidence, Joshua. New evidence. New and this, evidence. once again, speaks to how badly the crime scene mm. was contained at the time, because now it turns out a walkie-talkie was found in the vicinity of Palmer's murdered body by a member of the public. And this has only come to light now, and natural responses walkie-talkie? Mm. I mean, that, that would indicate that if the walkie-talkie belonged to the murderer then they were probably getting instructions from someone, which really does suggest an organised mm. hit and a conspiracy. Yeah, but it just seems such a strange thing. How, how 
how could it be 30 years later someone this bit of evidence turns up what had what had it been doing in the meantime and 30 years on how could you even tell with any sort of reliability at all that it was actually found you know you'd be able to okay obviously it's a 30 year old walkie-talkie from the make and the model and the what have you but I don't see how it could um you know, how you could get anything reliable from it. They, they said they're going to be testing it for DNA to see if there's any trace of whoever might have been using it still on it, but then surely there could also be traces of whoever's handled it in, in the, the last, last 30, 30 years. years. So, yeah. So I don't know. So, I mean, it seems like, you know, it's it's a case that um, has has been a almost national obsession, I suppose, in Sweden. People really, really, really want to have it solved, but every year that goes by, it seems less likely that, that that's ever going to happen. Um, what with, you know, subjects dying on account of the passage of time. I mean, eventually Sweden will be wiped off the map mm. just by geology. Mm. But mm. even then, the investigation will still be open. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, it's like, it, it reminds me of like the, I don't know, the Madeleine McCann disappearance, where we keep having headlines here in New Zealand, even, oh, new evidence of the McCann case. And it's like, well, it's a tragedy, sure, but why after all this time are we obsessed? I mean, I suppose in the Madeleine McCann one, it's just, it, it is, uh, it sounds callous to say, just one little girl, whereas the Palmer case, it's certainly, it, it's the Prime Minister of a country, that is a bigger deal. I mean, there but is... still, the idea of... I mean, because we've got out. this weird thing going on in this country at the moment, which is the re-entry into, into the, oh, the Pike River Mine, Mine yes. which was a mining disaster, which is a decade ago now, Something actually like quite that. some time ago. Mm. It was a major mine fire leading to loss of life and the mine being basically entombed. And the spouses and parents of the miners who died in that tragedy have been spending a lot of time and effort asking the government of the day to reopen the mine so they can go into the mine and either find out what happened or bring the bodies out. And it is one of those things where if you're not personally attached to the miners, you end up going, why are we spending mm. so much time and effort on this particular issue? And yet, and the fact for that some people, of, it's important. Yeah, and the, the fact that it's almost sort of an election issue. I mean, that was one of the things... Uh, mm, later... The current government cam uh, current government and New Zealand First, which is actually part of the government, mm -hmm. so... Coalition, yeah. yeah. So Labour and New Zealand First campaigned on, they would reopen the mine mm. because the previous government, the national government, was going, no, it's a health and safety risk, we can't do it. Mm. So yes, but anyway, it, it is that sort of thing, but we, we're not here to talk about Pike River, we're here to talk about the murder of Olaf Palmer, and yet I think we've about finished talking about the murder we of We have, Palmer. I think, finished mm. talking about the murder, or, or, or assassination. Or assassination. And yeah. actually, and that, I mean, that's the big thing here. So, if it's a murder, then it may not be conspiratorial, though maybe there's a cover-up involved here to try mm. and prevent people from finding out who actually committed the crime, especially if it turned out to be a police officer. Uh, if it's an assassination, then it's a conspiracy for the sheer fact that it's an organised hit. And then there's the question as to whether the investigations quite deliberately went off to try and stop people from finding out about these things. Mm. So one thing we kind of didn't mention is that one of the criticism of the Hans Holmer investigation into the death of Olaf Palmer is the notion that by focusing so squarely on PKK and not looking at a domestic link, 
maybe that was designed to take the investigation in a particular direction to protect people in the party from being investigated either for the murder or being investigated for other things surrounding the murder at the time. Because of course, it might not be a cover-up of who did it, but it might be a cover-up of other scandals that might emerge if a proper investigation was ever engaged in. Mm. So there you have it, an, an interesting case. I'm glad I found out about it, actually. It was, it was quite, quite interesting to read up on. Um, and I think that, that brings us to the end of our new format, slightly more truncated episode. But for patrons, mm. there's more to come because we have an update on the person who assaulted James Shaw, although it's a very, very short mm -hmm. update. Actually, I could give the update now, but, but I'm going to let yeah. you hold on. Mm. We're going to be talking about whether space aliens are interbreeding with humans. Fingers crossed. And why. We'll probably talk a little bit about the treasury leak that oh, occurred just a few to. days ago mm -hmm. in our own fair country. And then... A little return to a discussion of someone we've talked about in the past, Naomi Wolf. That's that's a deep cut. It is a very deep cut. It's going back to the first, maybe that's year, our first year. first yeah. year. And her issue with the notion of death recorded in British law. So if you're one of our patrons, A, thank you. B, stick around for that. If you're not one of our patrons, thank you for listening anyway. Uh, and we'll see you next week for another shorter episode with no news. But still packed with jam. Oh, yes. been listening to the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy starring josh addison and dr mrx dented which is written researched, recorded and produced by josh and m you can support the podcast by becoming a patron via its podbean or patreon campaigns and if you need to get in contact with either josh or m you can email them at podcastconspiracy at gmail.com or check their twitter accounts monkey fluids and conspiracism Remember, remember, oh December, what a night.